Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Family Reflections. I'm in here today with uh, a person that I go way back with, um, all the way back to the Derso Played Field, <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Brentley Herman here. Um, he is a, a soldier. Uh, his career uh, has been uh, with the British Armed Forces uh, as a, a member of the Commonwealth, uh, with St. Lucia being a Commonwealth nation. Um, so what we really want to talk about today, Brentley, is uh, we want to talk about your experience uh, with the British Armed Forces. Um, uh, it, it it has been uh, a path that uh, many St. Lucian men, many Caribbean men have followed. And uh, I just really want to hear your voice. I want to, to hear your experience there. Um, so can you just introduce yourself to the, the viewers and listeners? Tell them a little bit oh, of your yeah. story. No, most definitely. Uh, so yeah, uh, my name is uh, Brentley Herman. Uh, I am from the Caribbean island of St. Lucia. I uh, grew up in the same community as the host. Um, and yeah, we go way, way, way back. Um, I'm currently serving in the British Armed Forces. Uh, I'm in the Queen's Alexandra Nursing Corps as of now, but previously uh, I was in the um, Rifles Regiment, which is infantry. Right, right. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you got there. What, what was your journey? Saw this from the initial conception or getting the idea of joining the oh yeah young... no definitely um and so uh, that's 2008 back end of 2008 actually um, <laughs> um so the, if i don't know if you remember there was there was a, a drive in the early 2000s for people to join the the british uh, armed forces and there was a lot of money pumped into it and then when it came down to uh, my um CXEs, the exam examination. Um, like my cousin uh, Byron, who got in before me, he he was just like, do you know what? Yeah, um, we could do something better. We can go somewhere and and more or less see different things. I was a bit skeptical because I was sixteen at the time. Right, right. <laughs> I was sixteen at the time. Uh, I was a bit skeptical. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, and I was interested in computers. Uh, and I had just applied to a uh, university in Massachusetts and done my SATs to go do computer systems engineering. Uh, the funding wasn't there, so I took, I took a step back and then I looked at something that would hold my interest. Uh, being that I'm an only child, I looked at something that I could gain brotherhood out of, yeah. and then I spoke to Byron and, you know, and then that's where the conception actually happened, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, like it wasn't my first choice. I actually wanted to, I actually wanted to do something completely different. Um, right. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with the, with the uh, situation that I got into. Yeah, man, and I just want to pause there very quickly because people, especially for young people watching this, uh, very often you come out of secondary school or you come out of uh, a school for the first time and you feel this pressure, right? This heavy weight, yeah. to figure it all out and you have to yeah. have everything <laughs> planned out. And I feel like that's a little bit unnatural. Maybe we should stop uh, exerting that pressure on young people to have every single detail ready. Exactly, um, exactly. As, soon as they get out of school, because you're going to change, you know, as a person, you come out of school yeah. and your who you are as an individual uh, changes, right? And, no, wait, without a doubt. Yeah, so um, I'm not surprised uh, when you say that, you know, it wasn't necessarily your first choice, um, yeah. but um, uh, tell us a little bit about the process. So you decided to do it and yeah. what happens next? 
So uh, I filled out the application online. Uh, back then, it was a bit the, the, the application has changed over the years. But back then, you had to have had your your um, they call it GCSEs here, but you okay. you would have to have your your CXEs or some equivalents mm-hmm. to actually apply. Um, and then they would give you a preparation. So on the website, there was a preparation test. It's called a Barb test. So basically, it's basic math and English. And then if you want to become an engineer, then there is a bit more to it. So you have a bit, it goes a bit more into the mathematics and science side of, of things. Um, and then once the application has been filled out and everything's good to go, then you send the application through, then they'll respond to you. You'll have, you'll be assigned a careers advisor. Uh, and then that individual will then guide you along the path as to where they think you would fit in within the British Army. And that's how it was back then. It's still, it's still a bit similar now. However, uh, it's no longer just it's no longer the army, so it's the civilians who have a, a contract for that now. So it's a bit it's a bit more different, okay. if, I, if I'm honest. Yeah, as with everything, things change with time, right? Uh, would you yeah. say now it's a lot more difficult to get in, or it's become? Um, so the rules, so the immigration rules keep on changing. Um, 2013. So if I remember, in 2013, they had changed the rules. On November 2013, the rules were changed that you needed to have had, uh, if your application wasn't in before that date, prior to that date, you needed to have had uh, indefinite leave to remain within the United Kingdom, or you would needed to have had a visa, and you would have had needed time spent within the United Kingdom of three years. Um, I think that's now in place now again. They keep on changing it on the basis of their need. So it's right. what the British Army needs at that time. <laughs> so at that time, at that time, they they felt that okay, cool, we have enough people from the Commonwealth, and it's not only us from the Caribbean that come through you you have people from africa who come through mm-hmm. to then join um and at the time it, the eu did they, they did allow certain people based on um the immigration rules and whatnot as like to join um so yeah so uh, at that point in time in november they changed the rules but before okay. that all you needed to have was six months left on your you need to have six months on your visa and more than three years on your passport right. um, at that point in time, because they need to to process your documentation. Because mm-hmm. they would be they would be um, petitioning on behalf of you to immigration uh, to get you a stay within the United Kingdom. So that's how it, it normally works. Okay, all right. Uh, so uh, even though it might now be slightly more difficult, uh, just based on the, their need, yeah, uh, it's still very much possible, right? It's it's still yes, yes, yeah. yes, without a doubt. Um, uh, the 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 possibility is there. Um, okay. well, COVID has not really assisted the whole situation. <laughs> um, so it's kind of on a standstill now. But anybody who's put in an application prior to twenty to January twenty twenty. They will be in a waiting list. So at the moment, I, I did check the website um, uh, for one, uh, one of my friends. And essentially what they're saying is if you already had an application in, then your application will be processed and then you can come forward. But as of now, they are just putting a hold on uh, recruiting in the Commonwealth because there was a massive recruitment um, from 2018 to like 2020. Okay. Um and yeah, so at the moment it's on, it's on pause. But then let, once the world starts to 
pick up its feet again, then we'll we, we'll we'll see a um a new development in in that. Um, right. hopefully, I'm hoping right. for that. Uh, so uh, I, I just want to reel it back into you a bit. Um, um, when you you told because you mentioned that you're from a, 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 a you're an only child, right? So when you told yeah. your your mom uh, that you were joining the army, what was the reaction there? Oh, sh- uh, <laughs> 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 that was an interesting conversation because I was still like 17 at the time, right. and she was just like, no. <laughs> no. that's not happening yeah no no she 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 wasn't she didn't want to uh discourage me but at the same time like i am her child like i'm a whole her only child mm-hmm. but um after much deliberation and me like i had to convince her so i had to explain my sort of my reasoning for wanting to have this opportunity so i explained mm-hmm. that one yeah, I even came, it came to the point where I said to her, I don't even want to get paid. I just want to have the opportunity to do something that I will more or less benefit from later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like, yeah, I know what you're saying, uh, but like, I'm your parent. <laughs> I'm responsible for you. So no. Right. And then I, it took, it took, it took a while. It took, it took a few months to actually wear her down. And then she was just like, okay, cool. I'll allow you to do this. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, so I had a. It's a, of course not very similar. But uh, when I when I went to the US, uh, really about the same time, uh, yeah. I, I I wanted to be a pilot, right? And um, yeah. I got my uh, my private uh, pilot's license, and immediately I was like, oh, a fighter jet. <laughs> Well, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not join no, the no, Air Force? I would, right. I would think. I would think the same thing. Like, right. it was just like. <laughs> so why not join the Air Force, right? And um, I remember, you know, calling my mom and I was like, yeah, you know, the Air Force, though, you know, that might be uh, <laughs> the consideration. Is there? Yeah, like, I, and then it. <laughs> immediately it was just no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I personally, I, I think, um, not think. I feel that, uh, not. Well, I'm, a, I'm a parent now, so I, I have, a, I have a congratulations a, a, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I have a little boy, so I get it. Now, like, I actually understand it. You, right. You're trying to facilitate this life for your child that you just don't want them to go down any path that will, like, that will make danger encroach them. So you, you're just like. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> it's like I want to go. No, 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 no. And, and it's 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 not a bad thing, um, necessarily. It's just love. That's all it is. Yeah, it's just love, man. That's 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 all I could say. But then sometimes you have to fight it to get what you need to get to. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. And uh, so, you know, the thing is, right. Even even because when you joined, uh, I believe 2008, that was uh, the financial crisis. Um, yeah. the, the U.S. was uh, in the Middle East. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure the Iraq war was on. It, it was, like, I, I think it was still happening. Uh, right. So so um, the, the process started in 2008, but um, we didn't leave uh, till like 2009, 2010. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The Iraq war was still sort of very prominent, um, and then Afghanistan was becoming the more like the the main focus of of the whole um, 
war situation. Um, and as it simmered down, Afghanistan became the, the primary sort of target, like everybody was focusing on on Afghan and and, and going out there. So um yeah, yeah, things things changed rapidly. As you said, with time, every you expect everything to change and yeah. you will see differences. Um and a lot of I've spoken to a lot of people that were from the older generation that actually went to to Iraq. Um and then they said that the wars were different. Um not not the fact that it wasn't war fighting, but the tactics were different. So you had Iraq was against an, a military, do you know what I mean? Right. But when you look at Afghanistan, it was like you're fighting against... Um, Shadows. <laughs> essentially, bush, yeah. yeah. Um, like s- similar to like Vietnam sort of thing. So yeah. like... Guerrilla uh, fighting. Like go- gorilla, gorilla warfare yeah. sort of thing. Right. Like So you they'd use like high, uh, improvised uh, explosive devices. Um, and then that's where a lot of the casualties a lot of the casualties were emerging from because of like situations like that um a lot of vehicles got hit and then like as it progressed like they they changed like equipment changed people's mindsets changed and just the whole army in general had to change its sort of mindset towards how they would sort of attack that um attack that situation even now the effects of afghanistan are more prominent within the british army than Iraq really? and it says a lot yeah because a lot of the 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 lessons that we were being taught were Afghan based rather okay. than so it was more like how you would deter situations in Afghanistan uh, like you, you had a lot more um, counter IED sort of lessons right. um, <clears throat> so you'd have you'd, you'd have more more lessons centered about about working within within that area rather yeah. than what things were like play, different places in the world because um, obviously uh, as as well as the world progresses it becomes more modern yeah. you, you, you'd be engaged in more modern warfare and being um, <clears throat> within like working like working in, in, in environments like a city or a town mm-hmm. um, sort of things like that um, but it, it, it has changed massively. No, I I could only imagine. And the thing is, for anybody uh, joining uh, the military, I think as much as you you have to uh, be aware of the benefits and and you're you're well aware of all the benefits of character building. And uh, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, brotherhood and all of those things. You also need to be sensitive to the danger right uh the world yeah. is not a safe place <laughs> no, 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 no. no 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 um and i think i think um moving moving from the caribbean to well uh, let me be specific moving from st lucia in general yeah. and moving to a place like the united kingdom i i would have i would have assumed you would have had the same sort of situation in the united states where um we're friendly people Right, right. Yeah. We we like to be. It's not that we don't. It's not like we like to follow people, but we like to be amongst people and and mm. and uh, have conversations and just just feel like a good vibe. Right, right. And you move to a country where it's it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot different. Uh, and then when you when you're in a place like the army, you get that same vibe back because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. within that sort of situation yeah, where people like, group, you can yeah. make jokes. Do you know what I mean? So it, yeah, yeah it's kind of, it, it has its it has its moments. I'd say, yeah, 
Yeah, that really takes me to what I wanted to ask you next, which is uh, how were you able to cope with the culture shock? You know, you, you come in from St. Lucia, you come in <laughs> from warm weather, you <laughs> come in from yeah, warm so, so how did you deal? So I'll, I'll tell you, it was not really a joke, but it is a joke, actually. So when I got to, when I got to immigration uh, and I spoke to the individual there and he was just like, oh, uh, you, oh you, you've come from the Caribbean. What are you doing here? I was just like, I came to work on my tan. Literally, that's what I said to him. I came to work on my tan and he was laughing. It's just like, um, oh, so you came to join the, the army? I was just like, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I came to join the army. He was just like, okay, no problem. Um, but when I came out of the, because England is significantly colder than, than, like it's cold 365. Like, it's not even like there's a different, like, they call it summer, but, like, obviously, if you go to the US, then you have a summer. Yeah, yeah. Like, you step outside and you're just like, oh, I was, at one point, I said to, I said to my mom, you know, I thought the AC was on somewhere. I don't know. But it just, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're walking around and it's just, yeah. it's just cold all the time. Um, it, it was, it was quite cold. Um, I'd say, to be honest, um, culturally, I'd say the culture was still there. Mm. If I'm honest, I think culturally, London, I don't know about now, but at that time, you would meet a lot of Caribbean people. Um, I think, like, so the London accent in itself is based around the Caribbean accent. Well, actually, it's the reverse, right? Because oh, the Caribbean yeah. accent is Queen's English. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so it's literally like a swap because because yeah. uh, after World War World War Two, I think it was like a lot of people from the Caribbean went over to assist with rebuilding, and then um, oh, okay, okay, yeah. So the accent that we came over with, mm-hmm. they it then disseminated within London, and then London in itself adopted the the accent, and then that's the accent that you hear. And people, I did, I did and if you, if you think about it, like, uh, I'll give you a simple example. It's just like, oh, uh, yo, what's that thing down there? Like, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. go down there and see this thing, or, or just shortening yeah. of words, like, instead of saying, isn't it? They're like, in it. Yeah. Do, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just, it's just simple things. And people, I think it's an easier motion to go with mm-hmm. than changing your whole composition to fit a different narrative, if that makes sense. Right, right. Like, like I, I felt like there was still the same um, raves or sessions that we used to mm. go to. The, I could still find it there. Yeah, parties, yeah. St- exactly. Mm. And then you just meet more, like it was just like soca, everything was there. And then you got Notting Hill Carnival. So it wasn't like I had lost it. No, I can get the food, I can get everything. Right. But the only, the only major difference is I couldn't go, I couldn't walk from one area to the next and say, oh, I'm going to meet my friends down the road. Yeah, and then we're going to sit down and have a chat for how many hours? Because none of my friends were there. I think that was one of the yeah. things that was that was really challenging. Uh, yeah. And making friends here in the initial stage is quite, it's very, very challenging because people are very like closed and not mm-hmm. as open as, as we are, whereas we're open and inviting and warm yeah. to everyone that presents themselves. Um, um, yeah, so it, to me, it sounds like there was this framework Right. Yeah. There, there's this, this Caribbean cultural framework built into London. And uh, uh, so when you arrived, it made it easier for you to transition. Yeah. Uh, but of, of course, it, as with moving to anywhere new, you, you have this difficulty in really meshing in and finding new friends and and uh, forming those exactly. relationships. <clears throat> yeah. You find yourself like rather secluded um, <clears throat> and you, you you yearn for it. You, you don't realize, I, I think when the older generation used to say to us 
you don't realize what you have until it's gone. Right. Like that, that, that speaks so many volumes now to me. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I understand. I understand a lot, a lot of things that um, my great grandmother used to say. I never took like honestly. I was like, oh yeah, she's just, she's just always, always saying these things. But then when you actually in it and you experience it, then you understand the value of all these words um, that they were, all the wisdom that they were trying to impart on you, but right. you didn't understand that it was wisdom. You just thought it was just words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You know, the, the older folks tend to tend to know what they're talking about, man. And the older you get, the more you realize it, right? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> uh, but a, a little bit earlier when we were discussing um, your mom, uh, your mom's reaction to you joining the armed forces, um, you mentioned that you were a new father, right? And yes. um, so I, I kind of want to know now, uh, still serving as a soldier and still being in the military, how does yeah. that shift your perspective? How does that shift your decision making now that you have uh, a little person? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. Um, with, to be honest, I am going to be absolutely honest. I have a really good baby. He does not really cry. <laughs> Like I, I cannot even. Like I didn't even understand. I I was I thought it was normal until I met other people's children, and I was just like, this guy does not cry. Um, I think it does affect me to a certain degree where I have to think about the time that I would lose, mm-hmm. uh, based on the decisions that I would make. Right. However, uh, it does come down to the 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 factor of sacrifice. Sometimes we have to sacrifice time. So I'd rather sacrifice from now till he's about five right. and do something that would potentially uh, build a solid foundation for him in the future than to give him all, all the time I have now and he has to still struggle when he gets into the future. Right. So then if, if it means me being away for for three, four years, and then I know that after that four years, I'll be with him every single day, then yeah, I'll make that decision. Um, I think now as a parent, I understand more what what goes into decision making rather than just thinking like, oh, because my mom don't like me, she's telling me no. <laughs> right. Um, I think I think that that sort of growth has come into play and 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 understanding that. But um, job wise, I, the current job I'm in now, I think I the time I think I'm um, I don't think I have less time now. Because I work in the hospital now, so it's right. just less time. So you're, you're I working do... shifts and night shifts? Yeah, like so mm-hmm. I work. So the night shifts, I prefer to work night shifts because I'll actually have the time during the day. Mm-hmm. But when you're working a 12-hour day shift, and you're working from like 7.30 in the morning to 8 o'clock in the night, you don't have any time. By the time right. you come back, he's already asleep. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you're, you feel like you're missing out. And then when you get the weekend, you feel like that's your time to rest. Yeah. and sleep and recover for for you to then go back into that same so and then i feel like i'm more in a in a in a in a cycle um then i am actually getting any progress out of it um so it, yeah it, it, some decisions are very difficult to make uh, and i have to be mindful because of the effects or the lasting effects that it will have on him um now whereas when i was single i'd be like Cool, I'm doing that. <laughs> I don't, but, I don't, I, <laughs> yeah, help me out. Is is this hospital a veterans hospital? 
not well it's that's a that's a good question so with this hospital right so uh the town that i live in now is a naval town okay so the navy is predominantly based down here um, mm-hmm. and the hospital in itself um it's just a regular hospital but you have um a lot of uh military um okay. going through that hospital so it could be um royal air force it could be just regular army or it could be navy going through that hospital because there's a lot of uh training facilities within this region as well um mm. so uh whatever happens if that's the closest hospital in that area then they would be brought down to the hospital to be treated um yeah yeah uh, kind of the reason I was asking is because I wonder what the the facilities are for and resources made available for veterans uh, in the uh, UK. Because uh, I would hope I I would think that going into the military, uh, you're you're looking forward uh, to the some of the respect, some of the the benefits coming out of the uh, British Army. Um, so yeah. Uh, um. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you short. No, um, no, I was just saying that in the US, uh, there, there's a lot of respect for veterans, but not always the resources <laughs> that they uh, need. Yeah, I've experienced that actually uh, in the US myself. Like, um, I think it was like 20, what year was it? I think it was 2014, 2015. Uh, one of the years I visited and I went to, I was trying to get some stuff from a military shop and um, the guy asked me if I was serving and I told him and he was, he was like, it, it's like they're, they're in awe of it. And I was just like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 personally, I don't really like compliments. I'm not really a person that goes looking for, but it was just yeah. nice for somebody to just say, oh, thank you. The, uh, and I got the same thing for the airport um, where Delta, if you're flying on Delta, you're allowed to board first. Mm. Like if you're military, you, you're allowed to board first. And I thought that, that just feels good, man. Cause you've, like you're essentially when you when you join the army you're just signing your life away essentially <laughs> like think when you really think about it like you, you just sign it you just sign on a line you you you're gonna serve you don't know what's gonna happen in that period of time that you're serving anything can right. happen right um yeah so but here they do show love I, I i'm gonna be honest they do show love but it's not as it's not as a it's not like um, like the Americans do it. It's not quite sense. the same admiration. They, they, they well, they do for their older. Uh, I have seen it. So we have um, our remembrance remembrance parade parades um, every World year. Two people and stuff like that. Yeah, so they do remember. So, but for us who are serving, we remember we we carry it. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say the. the uh, other military personnel will tell you the same thing. The love, some people will say thank you for your service. Um, and it's not that you're going out to look for it, but it's nice to be recognized. No. Do you know what I mean? But uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's there, but the facilities are there though. Okay. They've, they've, they've opened up um, mental health facilities, as in like uh, to aid, there's covenants. Um, there's a, there is a military hospital. Um and now they there, there are a lot of things. There there are uh, discount discount cards that are given out for um, veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, you get given a veterans badge. Um, I think now they are raising more awareness because there there has been a, a problem um, since the dawn of time. People have been in an active um, environments where their mental capacity 
goes out the door like and mm. they don't know how to cope with 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 life in society yeah. um and now the, the recognition is there so there's a lot of help being pushed forward and um, even people who are serving now um there's help being pushed forward for them um and mental health is a is 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 a is a is a big thing that we do a lot of advocacy for um because we need to make sure that everybody's all right Right. Just just knocking on the person's door, giving the person a phone call to say, how are you doing, could stop a lot of things from happening. No, um, and that's, yeah, without a doubt. And that's one thing that the, the British Army has, or the, the Ministry of Defence in general has come to realise. And now they're trying to more or less push it a lot more. And, you know, they learn, they've learned from their mistakes and they're trying to create more advocacy and more facilities that people can benefit from rather than leaving it as it is and just carrying on. No, oh, and, and that makes sense, man. Because you put yourself, and just like you said, you sign, and I don't think people realize this, but when you sign uh, to join the, the yeah. army, there is a, a mandatory time period <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that you're yes, serving sir. for. You, you have to. Yeah, you don't get to quit. You no, might be discharged, no. right? But <laughs> yeah, you but don't no. just quit. You, you can't just leave like oh yeah so today i'm not feeling it i'm gonna leave no it, it, it doesn't happen like that even in america so i was looking at a, a, a forced transfer so mm. i wanted to be closer to my mother uh yeah, yeah. that was in like 20 2016 uh yeah. i i came over to <clears throat> to have a conversation with her and i said to her what do you think about me moving over because if i am closer mm. then it makes it easier for us to actually um like communicate do things if i were to have kids which i have one now <laughs> it would be easier for her to see her grandchild and then and then move forward um and then i went forward and then they gave me they gave me a, it was quite a good insight i looked at the marines i looked at um uh, uh what do you call it uh the regular army and i looked mm. at the air force mm. i i looked at various um various opportunities uh that were that were prevalent there and then they were like yeah you got a, a mandatory service of two years like you have to serve those two <laughs> years within those two years and then they said anything past that one of the things that i found was amazing was anything past that and then you came out of the army you get the gi bill which yeah. more or less covers everything like anything that you wanted to do they're like right. yeah we cover that and i was just like how like just, <laughs> just how it was just amazing to just because for us it's different like we get given like what um well actually now we get given like free university so if yeah. you've done six years in the in the british army uh once you're planning to leave you um you then get um you you apply for the you go through the process mm-hmm. of applying and then you then get um given like whatever subject if it's your first degree your first degree is covered it's paid for so it doesn't matter what your degree is in <laughs> it's covered right so up to bachelor's degree that is there uh, and i was just like wow that's cool like do you know what i mean like that opportunity yeah. is there like that's so an amazing people, opportunity exactly yeah. so i i think they've, they've adjusted and they've listened because people would have probably complained about it uh, and yeah. you know um, if you don't complain or you don't speak up then there's no changes that will be made so right. i think people have, have made a excuse me people have made complaints and then and then stated how they feel and what they would like to the benefits that they would like to reap from 
from like after serving and yeah. it's been it's been documented and then things have come up you can get a house through the army as in like they'll give you your um they'll give you a loan zero percent interest so like let's say you want to put a down payment on a on a on a house okay um you get given 15 grand or half your half your wage for that year yeah that, that that's your deposit right your whole first that's deposit, your deposit. Yeah. like i mean that's it's and you don't have to pay like you don't have to pay a, an obscene amount in return like you can mm-hmm. pay 50 pound a month mm-hmm. that, that comes out of your salary before you even get your salary to cover that 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 uh that 15 grand and as you promote or you move through the ranks the it doesn't increase the amount mm-hmm. doesn't increase it stays the same so if you want to yeah. pay an extra 500 pound a month you can so it, it literally they, they have created a lot of avenues and they've created a lot of options that people can utilize um so they can make um like something better for themselves in the future okay uh, so, so basically, you know, there are m- m- many benefits, right? I, I know just a-, a while ago we were talking a little bit about the danger associated. So yeah, I, no, definitely. I, yeah, I want to make sure that we we're taking a balanced approach, right? Uh, yeah, being the yeah. good and the bad. Uh, yeah, that's the, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like some there's some very good benefits, and also yeah, what- I assume that uh, we we haven't touched on the immigration benefits, right? Because you get citizenship. Um, so. Actually, I'll have to explain that one. So, okay. with the with the immigration situation, right? So, you get covered for. So, let's say you're spending like 20 years in the army. You've been given sort of like you're out of immigration control. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so they can't they can't touch you. They can't do anything to you mm-hmm. for that time period. Once you've reached the qualifying period, you can just apply for citizenship. That's it. Okay. You can apply for it and pay for it. Um, um however the, the army doesn't cover that but they've already given you the opportunity to to sort that out yourself do right. you know what i mean right. they, they've given you a job you know so <laughs> it's kind of a, a indirect benefit right yeah so it's yeah. It's, it's indirect however they, they they do pay for your indefinite leave to remain once you've qualified for it a lot of people are not aware of this it was because i went on a on a course i went on a course uh, and then they were they were speaking about what people uh, who come from the Commonwealth are entitled to. You're not entitled to citizenship. However, you you can get indefinite leave to remain if you're not ready to 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 settle or stay, but you want to continue working in the United Kingdom after you have lived the after you've left the army. Sorry. Um, um, yeah. So that option is there, um, okay. immigration wise. And um, whether or not people take that opportunity, it's entirely up to them. Right. Right. They can t- bring it to the water, but they can't make you drink, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, but, man. yeah, man. It's it's like it's like the uh, the old saying that uh, the old people would say: you you don't catch you don't catch flies with vinegar. You use honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they have to give you the benefits to to get people to come through. Um, exactly. I, I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but there's so no, there's such fine. a variety of questions. Uh, ask that, away, ask away. Yeah. Anything that you want to know and that will benefit those watching, by all means, ask. I, I'm, right. w- I'm willing to answer. Because yeah, uh, I can imagine that right now there's a, a young man, a young woman somewhere who's who's thinking like, okay, so during during your your tour, right, uh, during your time uh, uh, in the infantry, um, what was a regular day like? What, what what's a regular day like in Ooh, the army? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good question. So so um, once you've once you've been 
once you've uh, gotten to your your unit after training, um, we have what's called orders. So a set of orders. Your every night before you go, like, because you live on the you live on you live in within the accommodation on the on the camp itself. Mm-hmm. So every night or evening. So now it's changed. So before you had to go and read it. So if you came back from a weekend, let's say Sunday night, you need to go and read orders. So you know what the following day. So every day you would know what you're doing for okay. the next day. Right. So um, so they, they'll give you your time to wake up. So normally be six, depending on your reg. So in my regiment, we had a bugler at six on the dot. He would be <laughs> blowing the bugle. Uh. Um and I never realized this until somebody mentioned it to me. I was just like, I would get up anyway. But I never realized it. Mm. And so I said, like, hey, did you not hear the bugle outside? I was like, there was a bugler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was only, yeah, some things you just don't know because you're already in that routine from mm-hmm. training. Yeah, so right. you don't really right. notice things. You're just like, cool, I'm just focusing. I need to get ready so I can to I could get to work. So the first thing that you do, you, you'll do uh, a nominal role to, to make sure that everybody's there. Um, mm-hmm. If that person's missing, um, the reason for that is for um, to make sure that everybody's okay as well, because people can go missing. Things can happen mm. to people. Right, it, right. It's 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 like for safety and uh, safeguarding of the individual. Right. It, um, for the individual. So if somebody's missing and then nobody's had contact with that person, that is a red flag immediately. So then we then need to go and try and find where this individual is. Um, but if the person's just skipping out on on fitness in the morning, <laughs> then the person will get in trouble. But yeah. um, normally you wake up, you if you have breakfast in the cookhouse, you can have breakfast. I think the cookhouse normally opens about six, six to eight, I think it is. Uh, you have breakfast, there's a variety. Uh, they've changed it now, it's peers you dine. It used to be that like you would get your food, like they'll take the money out of your salary, but you get meals every day. Okay. But now it's, you know, you pay for what you want. You can choose the options and, oh. you know, you can you can choose whatever it is that you want to eat. And if you don't want to eat that, you can buy food from the supermarket and have a little fridge in your room if you like, okay. um, which, which I used to have when I lived on, when I lived in, <laughs> in barracks. Um, okay. Then you would turn up the platoon sergeant or the troop sergeant um, um, would take your name, uh, the the corporals will take your name, make sure everybody's there. Then they'll do the formal the formal nominal role. Then they'll do the company's nominal role, which is which is all the platoons together, all the troops together. So um, everybody's being counted about three times, <laughs> just to moment. make sure because people yeah. can go missing in between. Because yeah. people could have appointments in between. Um, yeah. Things can happen. You, you like it is it is quite. When I really think back on it, it's like. You never know what could happen on a day. Like, right. You'd yeah. see somebody now and then they probably have an appointment to actually go to and they wouldn't be there for the rest of the yeah. day or you'll yeah. see them before fitness and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. They, they have something else that they've been tasked to do. So then it, it, it's just it's just a precaution just to know where people are. Yeah. Um, and then you'll do fitness. Once fitness is done, then the sergeant major will give out his directive, like if he wants you to do some stuff, and you had to go down to the stores if you need to pick up clothing, if you need to do any tasks that the um, the color boy, we call them color boys, but they're um, color sergeants or staff sergeants. Um, <laughs> For a moment there, I thought you were saying the colored boys. I was no, like, no, no, wait, no, no, wait, no, wait, hold on. What are we talking about? So we know we we just shot in it. We just call him the color boy, but he, okay. he's, uh, he's a he's a color sergeant. 
Um, but in different re- in, in different regiments, who are not infantry, they call them staff, sergeant, um, mm. um, and then we'll go down to the store. So basically, um, the CQMS is the com uh, the company. Uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, what the name? You know, the That's company right. quarter the the the, com- the company quartermaster. Okay. So you have the quartermaster who's the the um in charge of everyone. Okay. And then each company or each troop or um I I don't know for different units, but I'll just go on on the one that I was in. So each company has a quartermaster. So they're responsible for everything that's in the stores. So if you need a helmet, body armor and stuff you go through them and then if you need to go to the quartermaster then they'll send you down for you to get that sorted um uniform you go through your company quartermaster so because the people at the quartermasters are of a higher rank so you don't really want to bother them so unless you've been told to go down there i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest you just going down there off your own off your own uh fruition um but yeah so that's what that's what he is there for essentially so anything that happens with any damages to the to the um, accommodation that you're living in, uh, in the kitchen, in where the washing machine is, then you report to that individual what's happened. So he'll give you tasks like that to go around to see if there are any damages, report them. So then it doesn't need to go straight to the quartermaster because if the quartermaster sees it, then everybody is like, everybody's going to get it. Whereas if the if the company quartermaster has already detailed whatever it is, then it's, it's not a problem. Right. It's like basically, uh, how could I explain? It? It's basically your parents not knowing the trouble that you're in, comparing to knowing the trouble that you're yeah. in, and they understand why you're in that trouble. Yeah, while you're. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then they could, they could, they could sort of. They're like, oh, okay, so you're. It wasn't your fault. Okay, cool. Uh, you try to stop it, but you still end up in trouble because they have to make an example of someone. Okay, cool. I understand that. Or you just turn up. You just turn up home, and then the, the principal's calling and. Your your son's in trouble, so everybody's gonna get it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so if, this, this company quartermaster, uh, yeah. what exactly does this person do within the entire day schedule? I'm trying to make sure I have the so he, timeline. He, he's he's responsible for ammunition, um, weapons, uh, anything that has to do with the company. So if okay. the company needs need jerry cans. Um, if you're going on exercise and you need uh, ration packs. So your food for the exercise, he's the one that orders. So you, the platoon sergeant will put in the order as mm. to what he wants. And then the company quartermaster then takes that order and then puts it in. Okay. So every day the, this person is taking inventory, right? Yeah. Uh, inventory. Into, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the, so any optics, anything that we use regularly mm. needs right. to be checked and accounted for daily. Okay. So um, weapons, then he'll get us to maintain clean, maintain, and sorry. Can I pause for a moment? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies, apologies, apologies for the distraction. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So uh, you were telling us about uh, the point in the day past the inventory taken by the quartermaster, right? The company yes. quartermaster. So what happens yes. next? So if you have any lessons, so the, uh, the platoon sergeant will then delegate down to the the section commanders as to what lessons he wants people to undertake um, for that day, be it uh, battlefield casualties or just doing, going through whatever it is or fine tuning, if I would say, uh, or refining your skills and drills that you've learned over the, over the time in training. 
mm-hmm. um, ensuring that you're you're on the on the ball with whatever it is that you need to, and then you will have your standard procedures that your platoon would be using. So teaching you and more or less refining them and making sure that it becomes second nature to you. So when you do go on on operations or you go on exercise, it's not a thing of where somebody's messing up because they don't understand their role. Mm-hmm. So it's just making sure that you understand what you're doing um, on all levels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so, and of course, this is a regular day uh, on in a, t- a time of peace, right? This, this is yeah. So peace, yeah. yeah. So peace yeah. time is a is is a lot different. So um, and when you're prepping for operation operational tours, you it's a lot. It's heavy. Like it's it's heavy. Because you have to do different courses uh, for the operational tour. If you're going to be driving vehicles, yeah. you're going to have to do vehicle courses. Uh, make sure that you actually understand the vehicle that you're going to be using. Because um, there's nothing worse than you turning up to a place and you don't know anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it's like it's like somebody has to teach you everything right. you should have known before you even got to a place. You know oh I mean? yeah, you have to be um, an asset, not a liability. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's like, yeah, it's it's heavy. Then you do uh, what's called live firing. So live firing is essentially you will have live rounds, and mm-hmm. you will be doing these section attacks or these attacks consistently using live rounds to mm-hmm. show or to demonstrate that you have the capability uh, and like the mindset to actually go through whatever it is that needs to be done when you do get on an operational tour because yeah. there's like imagine you have somebody that's next to you and the person does not know how things work so simple example um you have somebody next to you they have their weapon system and they don't understand that we're in in a fob mm-hmm. or a a a, a, a base out in the desert and they don't understand that. Okay, everything interlocks. Or there's an X4 on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then What's a fob, by the way? Uh, so, uh, fighting operational base. So, okay. it's All essentially right. um, where you would be um, operating from. Okay. And the name's changed anyway. It's, it's more. <laughs> and a lot of things have changed. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, <laughs> so essentially, that's what you'd be working for. So, so. Once that once that area has been uh, has been occupied by you, that will be your operational your base of operations. Um, um, but if the person doesn't understand the concept of it and they don't understand what's going on, then mm-hmm. they would create problems. Like if they don't understand the difference between the locals and mm-hmm. the actual enemy, then right. there's a massive problem. Right, right. It's a massive problem. Like because they could just be creating problems that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the locals are not on your side, then You've lost, like essentially, personally, yeah. If, if the locals are not on your side, you've taught, kind of lost the war because they mm. wouldn't tell you. They wouldn't tell you if they've seen the people that are doing mm. the bad things. They'll okay. just keep their mouth shut because you've okay. you've created problems for them. Okay. You know, so yeah, that, that's it. So, and and what I really want to pull out here is. Um, uh, for anybody considering uh, joining the military, you have to be aware that it is as as cerebral as it is uh, yeah. force. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you just pick up a gun and you just run around and shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's not no, even no, no, close no. to what, what it actually is. 
No, to be honest, like some of the guys I've actually interacted with are intelligent. Like you'd think, so I think people's understanding of intelligence is when you're academically inclined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, that's, <laughs> that's not real intelligence. I'm not saying that it's not that you're not intelligent, but I think common sense <laughs> common sense. It's just one type, right? It's just one type of intelligence. <laughs> yeah. And there's many common, different common, kinds. Yeah, yeah. I think. Because you can, you imagine, right, there's, there, there are people that I've worked with that can't read, mm-hmm. but their math is on a different level. Like, I mean, they could tell you, like, based on the wind direction, how they would hit a target, like elevation, their trigonometry, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and then you'll find people that, People that just are good as as well as academically, they have the the foresight of like how things work, and you just like, and that's what you would call a complete soldier, somebody that has the understanding of both the academic sense of life and like the this the sense of life. If, if I if I were to um, speak, and then you'll meet people that don't have any of. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they have the they have the heart and they and they try and they develop it. There are mm. people that you need to put that extra work in, and that's where training comes into place. Yeah. Training is where you iron out the person and then you you break them down and you build them to what you need them to be. Um and I think per, um I think people that are, are considering joining the military shouldn't limit themselves. Don't limit yourself because you didn't get the CXCs that you wanted or the grades that you wanted at Sir Arthur Lewis or at a university, but think of it as a learning curve because I'll give an example. So me personally right now, I, I'm in the nursing corps. So essentially I was, uh, because of commitments and deployments, I couldn't finish my access to nursing course. So I was supposed to go and then become a nurse, go to uni for three years, become a nurse, Mm-hmm. Then my later goal was to become a doctor. Um, I took a direct transfer because it was a quicker way to get out of the unit than see if this is really what I want as an individual. Right. Everything that I've just said is absolutely feasible. The, like my first, my first trial with CXE, I failed math and English, but I got every other subject. Uh, I think I was yeah. scared of math when I was younger. <laughs> um, but I passed, I passed English the second time yeah. going because yeah. I had more of an understanding. Some people think mm. like you have to pass it the first time. It's not a have to, it'd be good. But if you don't have the understanding the first time around, it's not a bad thing. I think because we've put that pressure on children from the time that they're young to, mm. to provide a level of, um, of work and excellence, I'm not saying that it's bad, but yeah. it needs to be, it needs to be tempered. Like, Yes, you need to achieve the highest, but if you feel that your capabilities are that, then let us refine your capabilities till they can go a bit higher. Not just say, okay, cool, you're you're not worth it because you don't have that capability as the next person. So um the working with work, I'm a healthcare assistant now within the army, and I'm still doing my my soldiering. However, I work in the hospital and I work shift work. Okay. With that, I, I work with doctors, nurses, um, consultants, specialists, nurse specialists, nurse practitioners, and a variety of people, like like the, the people that come from different walks of life. And 
I did not realize until I worked in the hospital that a lot of people come from like Africa, Korea, different places, and they come to do their placements in the UK. And I did not notice. I I, I knew nothing about healthcare. <laughs> I just I just took a step just to see if it was something that I could achieve. Right. And um, speaking to them, having conversations with them, and they are more than willing to impart their knowledge and guidance because they would rather see somebody want to be here than mm-hmm. somebody who's just like, oh, yeah, you're a doctor. I don't need to talk to you. <laughs> Do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I think, I think, I think the, the, um, the opportunity is not limited to what your capacity is at this moment. And people need to understand that your capacity can always be developed. Like right. nothing stays the same. Right. If you, if everything stayed the same, then we would still be in the stone age, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, I, no, go ahead. I, I don't mean to cut you short. No, no, no. You can, you can cut, you can, you, you could, you could go no, ahead. I, I was just, I was just jumping in to say that I think that's extremely, extremely, extremely valuable what you just shared because uh, it shows that, because uh, for a lot of people, if if they don't pass this CXE or they don't pass this other CXE, to them it's just like, oh, all right, well, that's it. Yeah, me. no, definitely. You know? um, definitely. But uh, it's never over until it's over. It shouldn't be a, yeah. a place where you were like, okay, this is it. Instead, what what you should never do is stop. You know, you should never stop moving forward. And and I'm really proud to say that I observed that with you, right? You've you've, oh, yeah. pushed, you've pushed on way beyond um, uh, where any, any any you know you know any boundary that anybody would set up uh, makes yeah. sense. You know, so so I think I think the sorry for cutting you. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I was done. Uh, um, uh, I think. I learned that from all of us. I didn't learn it. Mm. I learned it before I even left. <laughs> do, do you know what? The, do you know why I would say that? I didn't realize I already learned. So a lot of the lessons that I, a lot of the things that I display now, I already learned it, but I didn't realize I already had it. Mm-hmm. Because think of it this way: we we were playing football on the on, on the field together, all right. All right. and um, all of us had capabilities. But it took one of us to realize that we could be a good football team to put us together. Yeah. Then we developed, we developed, and then we got into the role that we were assigned to because we wanted to be better than what we started as. Right. So we, we kept on pushing the boundaries, not realizing that that would be the catalyst for our futures. Right. Pushing the boundaries, not being comfortable with just being that. We wanted to be more. We wanted people to see us for the talent that we could, we could not even the talent, for the hard work that we put in to develop the talent that we had, because let's be honest, a lot of us didn't have anything. (laughs) (laughs) But we continually worked hard where we thought that, like, let's say I wasn't good on control. Like I I would ask, I'd go, I'd go early and then I'd learn how to pass and control because I wanted to be better because that was always there with us. Um, And I think if that spirit is maintained within the community, then the limits that we are placed on, each other within the community can be broken quite easily because we would be maintaining it. Right. We'll be like, okay, cool. We need to, we need to, we need to uh, tether the the metal. Make sure the steel is while it's hot. We we hit it so we can get the the perfect sword. You know, it's, it's not massive hits. It's small ones. It's small right. ones. Take our time right. and make sure we develop everybody else that comes after us uh, as well as we can. Give them whatever materials that we've learned. 
Because there's no point in having, there's no point in having loads of success if you have no legacy. Like there's nobody yeah. to follow in your footsteps. Right, right. Like it, it shouldn't only be one person being successful. It should yeah. be everyone. Everybody should have the opportunity to develop themselves. Right. It shouldn't only be for you, right? You should be yeah, giving no, back. Definitely. And, yeah. Um, so uh, right before we wrap up and, and we're, we're already yeah. on our time, but I wanted yeah. to just open the floor for you um, to just give advice because there's somebody watching this right now who is thinking, maybe I want to go to the British Army. Maybe yeah. I want to try this thing out. Um, what, what, what advice would you give to that person? Um, I would say don't give up. The opportunities are there. Have a plan. Don't just mm-hmm. think, okay, I want to join the British Army. The British Army is just, it's just the house. The house has furniture. Look <laughs> at the other opportunities that are in the British Army. You don't have to be an infantier. You don't have to be a medic. There's engineers. There, there are different opportunities within the British Army. It, it's not solely just that. Um, and when you get there, don't just think, okay, cool, I've gotten there. That's it. Um, I, I made that mistake. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm perfect. I made that mistake. I did become um, lazy in cer- certain aspects, as in comfortable. But don't be comfortable. Remain uncomfortable until you've helped somebody else to come forward. Because yeah. if I can, whatever advice that you need, you can you can get it from me. Don't give up. Keep working hard. Make sure you prepare before you get there. So that when you get there, it's a lot easier to continue along that path. Um, and just be kind, man. <laughs> like, just be kind to everyone. Don't, don't let don't let people's people's um, problems bother you too much. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's very very timely, very well put together advice um, that uh, will go a long way for someone interested in this path. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to talk to myself and the viewers and listeners, whoever's going to be looking at and listening to this episode. Um, you know, folks, as always, uh, our tradition here is I will tell you when the next episode is. Uh, uh, Brentley and myself are actually um, uh, recording this on May second. <laughs> You're going to be seeing this on the tenth, um, but we, we had we talked we had this talk a while back, like last week. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, without, but, without. yeah, you can expect the next episode of Family Reflections to drop for your enjoyment and for your learning on uh, May twenty fourth. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing you on May twenty fourth again. Once again, uh, Mr. Herman, uh, thank you <laughs> for joining no, us. You're um, most welcome, man. Uh, anytime, bro. Anytime. Yeah, yeah man. Hopefully, uh, we can have you in here once again uh, at some point in the future. And yeah, um, yeah uh, definitely. I, I thank look you forward for joining to that. Us. Yeah, man. I look forward to that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, absolutely. Uh, bye for now, everybody.